This is Bruce Hart. You're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Hey, wrestling fans. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling POV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, how you doing, buddy? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> and also with us, as always, the gentleman himself, Elio Canella. Hold on, I got my lemonade. I got my notes. I'm ready. You, you know what? I got to say something. I, okay, Andy, you probably have not heard this, okay? okay. But after every single show that we do, Elio looks at me and goes, my name is Canella, not Canellis. Why does Andy keep calling me Canellis? And then the last time we did a show with Rick, Rick turns around and goes, why does Andy keep calling him Canellis? And I'm like, Oh, do no I? Idea. I don't think I realized that I did it. <laughs> but, I, but we also just went through a big quarantine where uh, one of the guests keep referring to uh, Dirty Duke Durango as Dirty Dick through the whole thing. <laughs> he called him Dirty Dick like 10 times, even directly to him. And Duke didn't say anything, just took it. And then the next day, uh, I was talking to the guy and he goes, oh, it was so good to see Dirty Dick. And I was like, do I even, do I correct this? I don't know. Yeah. He seems pretty dedicated to it, and it's not malicious. So, but just so you know, uh, Elio has been grinding his teeth that you subconsciously call him Canellis. Grinding my teeth. Yeah, I, I just say I don't even realize that I did it. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, Elio, you're not even worth thinking about. All right, let's. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, winter is coming. We're gonna get to that. Did it come? We're 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 all in Canada, so for us, winter has come already. Although but, it's been uh, a mild one. Yeah, not so bad so far, that's for yeah, sure. knock on wood. But uh, <laughs> today we're going to, first of all, uh, start with a bit of uh, sad wrestling news and big enough of news that even we'll talk about, even though it's more ma mainstream WWE stuff, and that was the passing of Pat Patterson. Uh, uh, Pat Patterson, a legend who, it's a tragic thing to hear, and I, I know, Andy, you, you actually met him once, you said, you told me. I, I was fortunate enough to meet him once backstage at a WWF, WWF event many, many years ago. Uh, just, you know, the simple, hello, how are you doing, sir? My name's Andy. You know, I'm here for some tryouts and, you know, kind of just uh, very cordial, very friendly. Nothing that I can say, oh, yeah, you know, we go way back. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something I think that kind of transcends just WWE. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure for a lot of people that are on social media, if they've seen a lot of the current and former superstars, uh, pay tribute to Pat. You know, he's considered one of the great minds of professional wrestling uh, for ideas, for psychology. Uh, he was the inventor or the creator of the Royal Rumble match. Mm -hmm. He was also the first WWF Intercontinental Champion, <clears throat> winning the title in uh, Rio de Janeiro way back when. <laughs> and we won't uh, even get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things, I, I think that, and I'm sure I'm probably I, I'm not the only one that does this. Uh, and I was first introduced this introduced to this in McFoley's first book, Have a Nice Day. Uh, he was talking about Pat. And one of the things that he said is, you know, describing a match, you know, this happens, this happens, this happens, and the crowd will go banana. <laughs> go banana. Singular banana. And I know to this day, uh, I still use that, especially around wrestling people, and usually uh, at least one or two people kind of catch catch on to the, the crowd will go banana. So, uh, uh, you know, rest in peace to Pat Patterson, and thank you for your contribution, your positive contributions to the professional wrestling business. 
And and just so fans who um, are not Canadian and wonder what the, exactly the, that it means, the banana thing, is basically a lot of people didn't realize, because he hasn't talked very much on camera, but he was a big French-Canadian, and he had quite the accent. So that is how a Frenchman would say, they go the banana. Instead of going, uh, the crowd will go bananas. It's like, oh, yeah. we do this, then we do that in the finish, and the crowd go banana. So it's a, it's a cute little uh, thing that... A lot of Canadians recognize if you Americans didn't wonder what the hell we're talking about, just imagine it in a French accent and it makes a lot more sense. So yes, um, and just bear in mind, this dude uh, was in the WWE for an extremely long time. And you don't hang out and get paid top flight by the WWE if you're not contributing something. So he was obviously up until, you know, the last couple of years, he was contributing still, you know, to, to the product you see today. So yes, a sad, tragic, uh, another story. It just seems like, let's face it, uh, all the older guys, all the old guard are, are, are kind of slipping away from us. And uh, it's, a, it's a tragic thing to hear, but uh, uh, a thank, thank you for all the, the positive things you did contribute uh, to, to the WWE, to wrestling as a whole. So Pat Patterson, uh, our, our, our uh, thoughts and our hopes go out to your family and uh, condolences to all around. So let's get now into some wrestling. Uh, try and get out of the, the Saturn note there. Uh, yep. Let's look at our hot topic for the week. Elio, read back today's hot topic for us. Okay, the first one we have was, who is better, Death Triangle or Eddie's family? Ooh, interesting one. You know what, Andy? I'm going to let you scourge through your brain and you tell me first what you're, you weigh in on this one. Uh... I don't think this was much of a competition, to be honest. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, uh, uh, definitely Death Triangle. I think to me gets the, gets the edge there. Okay. Uh, with the uh, amount with the amount of talent. Having said that, I don't want that to be a knock against uh, Eddie's family because mm-hmm. I think that's it's a great little group uh, put together. Uh, you know, we've talked in the past. I think Butcher and Blade are underutilized. I like their look. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. Um, you know, there's some good stuff with Eddie Kingston. So, you know, to me to say it's it's not even close, I, I, I think that just speaks more to the talent of uh, Pac and uh, Ray and Penta mm-hmm. um, and, and not, you know, not a slight against against Eddie's no. family. So, um, yeah, it, like I said, pretty much a, a no-brainer for me on that one. All right. Elio, you want to weigh in on this? I'm going with the Death Triangle. Um Eddie's family, I like that group, Bob, but uh, Butch and Blade in the past they've not had the best they've not had the best track record when it comes to like matches. They have definitely not been utilized to uh, so, a good uh, under, underutilized. <laughs> underutilized yep. is probably the best for them. Um, you know what, guys? I'm gonna go the other way on this. I'm gonna go with Eddie's family, just for the simple fact is if history has shown us. Um, the three guys in the death triangle, well, terrific wrestlers and terrific singles wrestlers have always struggled in units all through their history. Um, especially uh, Penta and Phoenix have been love each other, hate each other, love each other, hate each other so much. So uh, sometimes it's uh, you can't remember if they're actually brothers or just two guys that grew up trying to hate each other. It's a, it's a tough one. And I think Pac, Pac to me never resonates as a, um, as a team guy, you know, he's more of a, and, and, and Andy, forgive me on this one, but he more is the lone wolf for me out there. He's the guy, uh, 
who takes it that way. I think with, I think, yes, um, the whole part here, and maybe there will be a rehab would really help, but what you're in the blade, they have a hell of a lot of potential, a lot of potential. They have a great look. They're both very talented men. I think blade doesn't get enough. I think sometimes the butchers look overdoes what blade looks like, but when you watch Blade, he is the better wrestler. He is, yeah. he is a very talented individual who I, I think, unfortunately, might you know not get that same look because of his look. Um, and I think Eddie, I think Eddie here is at his best as a manipulator, group leader type thing. And I think he really does have the, I think he has the balls to bring this team, the whole group, further. I, I don't, I really don't see a, a big long. I don't see a big long run for Death Triangle. I, I, I really see them falling apart. With, they may win the war here, with uh, or at least the battle. The battle, but not the war. But at the end, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Eddie's family outlasting uh, the Death Triangle. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, what did the fans say, Elio? Okay, one comment from George Sanders. He says, Eddie's family, better mic skills, and Death Triangle has better wrestling. But if I had to choose... I'm picking Death Triangle. Pack looks badass since returning. He does look very great shape, man. That guy did not sit around and eat Doritos. Uh, okay, let's let's dig into our our pollinator and find out uh, what the polls say. What is the percentage? So ninety one went with Death Triangle. Ninety one and nine went with Eddie's family. So I'm in the minority of under 10%. You're in the majority of the minority. <laughs> Apparently. Am I leading the charge of futility? Um, okay. Well, you know what? All I can say, boys and girls, is that when I am proven right, it will be that much sweeter that 91% of you were wrong. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. All right. Wow. I, I have not seen such an unbalanced one in a very long time. Yikes. Okay. I, and when I posed this question, I thought it would be a, a lot more debate. A lot closer. That's, yeah. why I, that's why I said I can't believe these numbers. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, well, let's move. Do we have another hot topic? Did I go with one or two this week? Uh, I think we went with uh, one. Okay. The one. Yeah. Well, you know what, fans? I am going to, uh, Andy brought this up. Um, Andy, you were talking about, we bitch a lot about picture in picture amongst <laughs> ourselves. Um, now, here's the thing is, I understand why they do picture in picture and the whole point of picture in picture is if you're watching the show they don't want you to get up and leave at any time because there's a thing you're watching AEW or if you're watching NXT the other shows running exactly concurrently to it and they have wrestling going on so the thought here is what happens if you're even during a match and it goes to commercial Everyone might automatically, and I know I used to do this back in the day, guys, when it was when it was back in the WCW versus WWE days. When the commercial came on, I went to the next one for at least two minutes to go check out what was going on there. Right. The danger of that is, say you're AEW, the danger you feel is what happens if they turn over and you get wrapped up in the match they have going on at that time? Yeah. And then, boom, you forget to turn back, and next thing you know, you've watched a whole bunch of them and not watched AEW. So AEW's view, and same as NXT's, is that if they put that little box in the corner and there's a commercial going on here, and even though it's extremely hard to follow that, the thought is maybe you will be invested enough in the actual match to think, well, I don't want to miss stuff, right? Because I have noticed they don't do rest holds during those things. There is actually crap going on. And if you're really into these people or into that match, 
you're going to suffer yourself through that horrible little uh, box thing going on because you're invested. So, uh, but the thing is, uh, I know it, 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 for me, it doesn't have the effect they want because if anything, it angers me. It makes me either, uh, change the channel or if I'm PVR'd it fast forward through that junk, it is extremely hard to watch that little box and it just angers me. Um, and I know Andy and Elio, you guys have said the same kind of sentiments, but we're going to let these guys mull it out for a week. We heard my opinion. You come back next week. These guys are going to tell you what their problem or not problem with this is, if they uh, support it or hate it. And we're really curious, fans, you know, maybe you see it a different way. Maybe you see it as a positive thing. We would like to know. Elio, where can the people write in to tell us their views on this whole thing? So you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV What, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Right. And don't forget, we'll also post up a graphic with this question on it. And if you want, you can also uh, just put your comment right there and we'll, we'll read out uh, anything that we comes in because this is, we're very curious about this. We really want to know what you fans think about this whole thing because this is pretty new. This isn't something that's been like old carryover from other things. This crap mostly started like a year ago when AEW started. Yeah. So we're very curious about that. Kind of the, is it just us or do others feel yeah. this way too? Because we have discovered sometimes, me, Andy, and Elio, we watch and we have a lot of the same likings, but sometimes we find out that we're not exactly in the minority of, are the majority of what people are thinking. And that can happen. And so we're curious. You know, Andy wanted to really know about this. And I thought, what the heck? When he first suggested it, I kind of was like, well, we bitch about it all the time. But he's like, he was right. He said, we know what we think. Let's find out what the fans think. So fans, we want to know what you think about this. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to move over next to our interdimensional match where uh, Zorgon from the Planet X. Oh, no, sorry. That's on the Science Fiction Podcast. Uh, we're going to move over to our interpromotional where we're going a, to have I, I think for tonight for a tribute it's our yeah. intercontinental our intercontinental that's right yes. and oddly enough the three of us are sitting <laughs> in mexico city ready to die we're, we're not <laughs> i can't even lie about it oh we <laughs> okay see <laughs> so let's take a look this week interesting matchup why well, i say that every week because i'm a hype man but <laughs> this week we have otis versus luchasaurus andy i kind of made my views uh said about this i'll reiterate them on this show but uh I, I know on saturday i started talking about this tell me what's on your mind what do you what do you see here i uh, this is a tough one um to me, I mean, just because, I mean, you know, we look at like they're both gimmicks, mm-hmm. uh, more so than your average gimmick in the world of gimmicks. I, yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually tempted. Uh-huh. I think just with the, with the potential, uh, I, I'd probably actually go. Just ever so slightly, like a fifty point, like zero one, mm-hmm. to Luchasaurus. Because, just because, just with the the size, mm-hmm. and the gimmick is is so unique. Yeah, like there's there's really no other. I mean, there might be on the independent scene, but as far mm-hmm. as like the you know kind of the mainstream, as far as wrestling goes. 
there, there's nothing else like him. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's, it's we often talk about if, if things are booked properly, if they're pushed properly, if they're given the proper attention, uh, there, there's a lot of potential. And with Otis, uh, you know, he's, he's got some charisma. He's got his shtick. But at the end of the day, to me, like he's there's nothing overly special or unique about him. OK, that's you know, he, fair enough. He, he might he might relate to, you know, to a certain demographic, to the, the, the common guy. He's, you know, kind of a little heavier set, likes the, uh, you know, likes his food, likes his beer, uh, which, which is cool. But I I just don't. You don't see him as anything bad. Yeah, right. it just it, it's I mean, it, it's you know, I'm going to say he's kind of limited when, when, you know, his competition is is a walking dinosaur. But uh <laughs> I think I just I'll, I'm going to give the nod to the uniqueness of the the wrestling dinosaur. All right, fair enough. Elio. Yep, I'm going with the like I said on Saturday. I'm going with the Luchasaurus. He's got that unique look. He's he's like a that gimmick, and um, Otis only has that. From what I see, he's got that one move that that caterpillar thing. Uh, Luchasaurus does all these flips and moonsaults and. So I'm going with Luchasaurus. All right. Now, I, I realize I was thinking back now to what I'd said on Saturday, and I actually didn't reveal at all who I picked. What I said, I, I said a riddle that I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. Andy can Andy can de- decode it right away, okay? The riddle I said is, in my mind, this is Jake the Milkman Millman versus <laughs> a debuting Scott Hall. <laughs> well, who in the end do you think I'm going to pick? Yeah, Scott even though Hall. he's goofy as shit, wearing stupid stuff, I'm gonna yes. go with Scott Hall. So yes, I'm gonna have to go with Luchasaurus. And anyone who knows me, we've you've heard me be very critical about Luchasaurus for a very long time on the show, and I think very fairly. I haven't done it because, out of spite. I've done yeah. it out of the frustrations that I've seen in the work he does. Um, a lot of that stuff has bothered me, but in the very end, in the very end. Luchasaurus is a large athletic man who can do a lot of interesting moves. Um, Otis is an average size, overly fat man who's funny, but how long, how far does that get you in wrestling? Maybe in the 80s, that shit might carry you a little ways, but not very much in this day and age, I'm afraid. I mean, let's face it. They pretty much make him a joke a lot. His big thing is he can, he's that fat and he can does the worm. Uh, that should oh yeah, you, that should give you an indication. Like the human Kool Aid, uh, Kool Aid man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love the Kool Aid man. Hmm. So, uh, dig into the vault and tell us uh, for the old cal- the crypto calculator, and that goes all to all you uh, kids out there who uh, <laughs> who love bug beats. Get the uh, uh, Canella computer. The okay. Canellis, the Canellis computer. That's how I said that. The Canella computer. I heard it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so. Number uh, Luchasaurus 63 went with Luchasaurus 37 went with Otis. Yeah, that sounds about par for the course. I'm, I'm actually surprised this one wasn't more lopsided, to be honest. Um, by the way, I know, you know, we always bring up references to kids' things a lot because me, me and Andy have young children. Andy, do your kids watch Bug Beats? It's uh, one they, of the Bugs in the Beatles songs. Yeah, a long, long time ago, I think when it first came out. Yeah, and, and Tommy has always been very much into it. And yeah. I used to always get annoyed by that little crick guy, the little 
cricket because everything he'd invented would be with his name in it. He'd be like, let me get the crypto calculator or the crypto math. Or the it's like, shut up, you little egotist. Okay, anyways, just there's my rant. Well, how how did keep... you feel about the Smurfs? You know what? Uh, it was very strange. They were very communistic. It was weird <laughs> that they they were obviously asexual, but they all had interest in Smurfette, even though it was made clear that Smurfs don't uh, have sex to repopulate. So very, very confusing. But it, I mean, everything there was very Smurftastic. Oh, I love the Smurf Smurfed. Yeah, I loved it. I, I to, maybe, uh, yeah. It's just because they weren't egotists like Crick. You know what? Screw you, Crick. You're a bug. Okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and I can't even figure out if you're a boy or girl bug. I've been watching that show for a long time. Crick could easily be a girl or a boy. They never really explained. But all right, Let, let's. We digress. <laughs> we, as always, we digress. All right, uh, let's uh, let's move over next. Now we have a new segment. We used to do uh, who is uh, Sean, which used to be who is Marty. Yeah. <laughs> we got tired of Marty's crap, so we changed it to who is Sean. And uh, what is the new thing called? It's like a spotlight. highlight. Uh, spotlight. Highlight. Okay. And if anyone has watched anything on the WPOV network. You know that Rick Serrano the Third's grubby little fingerprints are all over this week's <laughs> because the spotlight, oh my lord, the spotlight in which I'd have to say they were at least in the top 400 tag teams <laughs> here on 378. Um, oh my god, the natural disasters. <laughs> Andy, tell me, tell me a bit about what do you remember about the national natural disasters? Uh, weren't they? Aren't they former tag team champions? Yo, they got the belts around their waists. Holy crap! Oh, no, they throw them over the throw them over their shoulders. Is that where that well, started? And, okay. And they were were they baby faces and then turned heel or were they heels? No, they were heels first. I remember them. And being then they heels. turned baby face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they didn't they feud with the Bushwhackers at one point. Well, you, you're remembering uh, a lot actually, more than actually, I. Um, these guys. Actually, uh, that's where it happened. Uh, Togo was teamed up with the Bushwhackers in the match, and uh, oh, he, they he, turned. He turned on them, and then then he go. joined up with Earthquake. And became Typhoon. Yep. And okay. They had Jimmy Hart as their manager. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, why do you suppose Rick loves these guys so much? <laughs> There's a lot of things about Rick that make me wonder. So I'm... <laughs> I, I suppose if he is into that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> anything else you wanna you wanna weigh in about these guys? I I I don't know. I mean, I could think more of their individual. Uh, attributes and achievements than their collective tag team. Yeah. The, okay. the, one, the, the one thing that stands out for me is when uh, Earthquake took Hogan out uh, with on the Brother Love show. With the, he he injured him with the, the, that Earthquake splash, whatever. Yeah, but that was as a singles competitor, though. Yeah, right? yeah, that was yeah. a singles. Yeah. And uh, the only other thing is uh, when he uh, crushed the, the, the bag with Damien in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna probably sound a little shallow right now, and there's I know I have wrestling friends who are gonna be pissed off at me for saying this. Okay, but when it came to the natural disasters, I just remember being like you know probably like 13, 14 years old when they were having their run, and uh, they were just these really grossly fat dudes. One of them just had the stringiest, most disgusting hair, and he would jump on your chest, and they just made they just made me like oh. You know what I mean? I, I, I pitied the poor fool that had to get landed on by that fat Tenta guy. Like it was just, 
he was just such a greasy, gross, big dude, right? Not only, apparently he is super nice before he, you know, passed on. People said he was a really nice guy and stuff, but that's how he, he was portrayed. And I was young and impressionable and that's all I thought. So for me, they became at that age where I just wanted them to be gone and hope somebody would beat them and find, you know, the WWE yeah. had a lot of characters like that. For a certain age, it would just turn you right like, oh, you know, <laughs> for me, the nat the natural disasters were like, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. let's the uh like i remember i still remember his debut uh, having them get him having them pick him out of the crowd yep uh and attacking the ultimate warrior i believe it was yeah yeah they're doing the push-ups or whatever and that and how he used to kind of always kind of move around during his mm -hmm. promos and uh typhoon was tugboat he was hulk's buddy and i think uh, one of his uh most memorable moments whether you want, <laughs> want it or not is as the shock master in wcw yes. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but hey, they were you know, they were they were big guys, and time you know Vince was still doing the the big men stuff. So to put them together yeah. as a tag team definitely made sense. And they were like, let's face it, they weren't just big guys; they were really big dudes. Yeah. Like you, that's what wrestling has always been based on. Um, you know, stuff like that. You go back to guys like Haystacks, Calhoun, and you know the the one. Uh, what was a uh, that one dude? The Loch Ness monster. Sorry, yes, I started to say one man gang, but I didn't mean yeah. that. Man. The Loch Ness monster. R wrestling has been full of dudes who are like five hundred pound dudes. Who, let's face it, uh, you can say, oh yeah, he's a big guy, but if you've ever seen one of these guys live it's it's mind-blowing i saw i I've, I've mentioned years back i saw andre the giant once at a wrestling thing and i never really got the scope of what he was till i was like you know 20 feet away from him and i was like holy crap even 20, away, 20, 20 feet away he's still a large man yeah 20 feet away he was still towering over everything i, and, I will tell you if i could tell you a true short yeah. uh, name dropping story oh yeah uh, just because you started to mention his name i actually stiffed the one-man gang mm-hmm <laughs> Tell me more. Yes, uh, the, uh, Akeem, Akeem, the African yeah, no, dream. <laughs> I don't know. I stiffed the one man gang. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, he was brought into. This was in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. and uh, he was brought in for for a short run. Uh, a lot of times, the way things were were booked with Puerto Rico is that there would be. Uh, uh, like mystery opponents brought in for like the yeah. baby pieces or whatever. So, you know, like a luchador misterioso or a luchador that's brought in by Savio or Dutch or whoever. And uh, so for one spell, we had the one man gang, uh, super guy, sweetheart, really nice. I got to, I got to ride with him, but uh, uh, at one point in one of the shows, and I believe it was in Humacao, Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. uh, one of the other things that Puerto Rico was good for with, with some of the booking was we'd have a lot of the big kind of schmozzes towards the end of the show where, you know, however a match finished, a couple, you know, heels would enter the ring, baby faces would come in, more heels would come in, more baby faces would come in and just be, you know, a, a nonstop. Yeah. Violence for violence. Donnie Brook. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it was on this night, one of these things was happening. Uh, one man gang was one of the guys that was, you know, participating and this was outside the ring. So if you think of from like an arena standpoint, uh, being in the kind of the entrance way for where the wrestlers would come out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have kind of that walkway towards the ring. So one man gang, he was doing his thing. He was beating on somebody doing some, you know, beat down, whatever. And I was one of the baby faces coming to run in 
And as I'm running, I'm doing, I kind of did one of the big kind of jump. I'm going to, you know, kind of yeah. hit him in the, hit him in the back. And it just so happens that as I'm kind of jumping into midair, he turns around. And so he ends into up it. facing me. Oh. Bam. Oh. <laughs> thankfully, it, it, uh, it wasn't stiff. And yeah. thankfully he was super nice and it was all good. Like we had about a lot, we had a laugh about it afterwards. But it's just one of the things like, you know, it's like, because I, I prided myself on very rarely ever stiffing people. I mean, I'd be yeah. snug, and especially if people were being snug in a match, and I had yeah. I had zero issue with that. But, uh, you know, when it's it's someone like that who, you know, <laughs> as of sorts, is like a WWF legend. Or is, yeah. Uh, you know. And how old was he at this time, roughly? Oh, shoot. Well, I don't know. Cause, I mean, I've like, this is later in his career? Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he'd already, like, kind of let so his hair, like, you're beating up an old man is what you're well, saying. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was once with him. I did it once with uh, Don Harris from the DOA. Uh, with now, from what I match. heard about those guys, I don't mind that. Oh, yeah. But, see, and again, those guys to me, especially Don, I, I, I worked on a few times, and I, and I worked them kind of both in a tag, I think, once or twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Don, it was, I had him in the corner, and I was getting on him as a baby face. And I think one of the times, I think it was one of those ones where it's like, he was kind of selling forward as I was throwing the punch. So kind of mm-hmm. our timing was kind of off and I popped him, and I got the damn brother, do I owe you money? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, and those guys are big guys too. I mean, yeah. obviously not the yeah. girth wise, but, but yeah, they were still big guys. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But I, I digress. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Elio, yes, sir. Do, do you want to throw anything about natural disasters out there? Uh, no, I got nothing else. Uh, that's really stands out to me about them. Okay, so uh, just so the fans don't see, it, we're going to give either a thumbs up, we think Rick Serrano is got a healthy obsession here with natural disasters, or thumbs down, he's out of his fucking gourd and no one will be able to see it. So right now the three of us vote, and uh, uh, <laughs> Rick's... Uh, <laughs> I wish you people could see what we're doing, but Rick will. <laughs> but uh, okay, um, Oh, before we move on, I have two little things I want to do. First of all, we had a letter written in uh, talking a bit before we go into AEW. Oh, a fan wrote us in, and maybe we can uh, take a look Wait, at some of what a letter. Yeah, wrote into what, the what's what's a letter? Well, an email. <laughs> it was an email. Oh, it was an email. Okay. Yes, oh, okay. yes. Wrote into the site. Uh, it says, "Hey, fellas, uh, this is from uh, Joel Demont. Hey, fellas, longtime listener, but first time chiming in. Hear me out. The main event of this week's Dynamite is Pack and his Lucha Brothers." who only two weeks ago tried to kill tradition and each other and each other's masks off, but we're not supposed to remember that happened. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Is Ruth like still it. hiding somewhere? <laughs> okay, so he's a, an anti-Russo guy. Don't blame him. Uh, why end the show with this storyline? It's a mid-card storyline that is dynamite. Why aren't you featuring your biggest stars in the last spot? I'll tune in next week because I'm a mark. But how is that captivating television for a new audience? Booking 101, Dynamite as a whole, everything else was okay. Where are the stars? Delegate the 19, 20-year-old tag teams you just signed to Dark, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> that's, where, that's where they came from, yeah. Dark. Well, they only, did one, they only did one match the night before. Yeah. I can't really say they're from Dark. But well, yeah. um, that is a good point. Um, because when you think about it, as much as you may like the Lucha Brothers or the whole Death Triangle and even Eddie's family, this is not uh, main event stuff nope. <laughs> at all. This is definitely mid-card stuff. And there have been, I've noticed, 
even some of the matches, some of the cards we've really liked, there has been a noticeable lack of big name guys. You know, Moxley's not fighting, or Omega, or the Young Bucks, or all the big name dudes who are supposed to be driving your company in the last little while have been f- appearing very sporadically. And we've been given guys who, you know, they're not main event. And uh, that is a danger. I think that can be a, a danger for AEW because there does come a point where you go, well, why am I watching the B team here all the time? Isn't that what Dark's for? And he made a good point. You know, they push these kids on um, for two weeks in a row. Uh, they should be in Dark because they're young. They're not quite ready for, you know, I, as, as much as we were impressed with them, we could see that they're not ready for the big times yet. Yeah. They're young and got a lot to learn. So, Andy, you think it's a valid criticism that maybe AEW is pushing a little bit too much mid-card stuff at the top right now? Uh, when you say it like that, the mid cars up at the top, I'll, I'll agree to me. It, it's, it's a formatting. I see it as a kind of more like a formatting issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I've seen Chris Jericho touch on. Uh, it's actually something I, I picked up on again tonight, but just mm-hmm. overall, I mean, you know, th- there was a time where for house shows, mm-hmm. uh, your main event would go on right before intermission. A lot of times that's what WWF used to do and give yeah. the guys a chance to leave. Yeah. Right. And then, okay, well, whatever. Uh, they did that in Puerto Rico too, because, but that was more of a case of they were, because they would serve alcohol at shows, they were worried more about people being too drunk mm-hmm. by the end of the, <laughs> by the end of the night. Right. But, but really, you know, we've talked about it too, like for the, the go home show, mm-hmm. uh, it was that six man or whatever with, with yeah. the, the Austin gun or whatever, picking up a win. It's like, <laughs> why is that kind of in your main event final match slot of the evening? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I agree with him. I think that's a, it's an ongoing, what well, seems to be that, an ongoing issue with AEW's, uh, like I said, they're the formatting style of how they're booking their shows. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Uh, I don't really see any positives out of it. And, and like I said, usually for a lot of shows, especially when they only have the two-hour program, you would think that the traditional sense would be like, Oh my gosh, like this is incredible. We can hardly wait to tune in next week to see what happens when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also too, is there maybe a disconnect here? Uh, is there the fact that maybe there are people who are writing for AEW who actually think that some of these guys are much more important? I mean, sometimes you watch and they try to present that the best friends are like a top thing and they are they are oh, lower yeah. mid card to, but we've seen them how many times in mid event main events? We yeah. have. It's, it's well, been a thing. You know what? It's almost like I, I always start to, start to suggest. Mm-hmm. You know, tonight's episode, obviously notwithstanding, but what we consider main event isn't really main event. It's just last match. But that's yeah, yeah. I get that, and and and, and maybe that's because it's, it's changed traditions. You know, main event is not the same thing anymore you know it hasn't been for for a little while um but would it make the show much more interesting if you had a continuous build-up to a main event i sometimes think that might be the thing that you know AEW has been floating around the same viewership for probably the last eight months they haven't gone anywhere they haven't really grown things yeah yeah so maybe it's because people are falling into the formalic feeling of this you know maybe you need to do that uh, I mean, I can think of all the old wrestling shows I used to watch, and the main event was the thing. It built up. Things yeah. were interesting, but everything that happened in the top was what you stayed for, you know? 
Uh, I look at it, I read lots of books. And I think if, if all the big uh, dramatic things happened in the middle of the book, and then there was just a bunch of stuff happening later on, yep. I don't think I would read past the things in the middle of the book. So maybe that's the disconnect there is fans are not, are not feeling that it's leading to something spectacular. It's like, pick apart some things. Because I always look at it this way. You look at Cody. You know, we, We're on Cody a lot because Cody makes himself the superstar. But you notice he always puts himself at the, the last part of the first hour. He's like the mini main event in the middle of the show. Yeah. You know? And uh, I don't know. I just think that's some ter- terribly bad idea for pacing. And I, I think Joel's right. I think uh, you have enough main event guys. That's the worst thing about this. This yeah. wouldn't be like if there was only Cody. But hell, yeah. holy crap, you've got Cody, you've got Kenny, you've got uh, the Young Bucks, you know, you've got Adam Page, you've got Chris Jericho and John Moxley. Though one of those <laughs> iteration yeah. should be in there against a top heel as a main event or a top face, but yeah. not just like giving us guys and saying, oh yeah, we think these guys are the main event guys when they clearly are not the main event guys. Yep. So a uh, good call, Joel. Now, the last thing I'm going to say before we go into this thing is, uh, I was reading uh, through my Facebook today, and uh, an old friend of yours, uh, Ashik Akbar Shabazz, had posted up his memory from six years ago. Right. And I believe at the time you were t- you were Ayatollah Adnan Al Vaziri Anderson. Anderson, and you were teaming with him. And he had written uh, six years ago. Yeah. His post had said, "Richie Rage, first I broke your teeth, now I broke your shoulder." Andy Anderson took out Fury, and now we are unstoppable. We're the greatest. We're bad men. We got so much talent. It's only a matter of time before the tag team championships are ours. Well, today, 14 hours ago, he posted, and we became champions until Andy Anderson lost the belts for us like the loser he is. (laughs) I'm having a feeling you and Sheik Akbar or Shabazz are not on each other's Christmas list anymore. Uh, that's okay. I'm sure he has somebody else. You know what? Yeah, he, I'm definitely not on his Christmas list because he can't write. I'm sure he had somebody else write that for him. Uh, you know, if you go back and watch most of our promos, I I, I did most of the talking. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, was the one that spoke coherently. So, you know, it doesn't really affect me because it's either someone's just trying to mess around mm-hmm. or, I don't know, he's busy playing with his turtles or something and then bigger than his turtle and he thinks that oh i'm a big bad man or so i don't know now just just the last thing correct me if i'm wrong but when you guys are competing is he not the one that the fans really like and you seem to have kind of fan friendly issues these days well i don't care what the people think I, I <laughs> there we go people think you know and i mean you know losers associate with losers i guess <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we're going to leave it at that. All right, folks. Hey, we're going to move take, on. Like, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, just want you guys to know that you're listening to WPOV Global. You can find us every Friday on the networks around you. There are other shows we have, though, in the network here. We have on Saturdays, WPOV Wrestling. Features Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, and Miguel Cole, where they go through all of the stuff happening in the WWE. Every Tuesday, we have WPOV Quarantine, where the three of us that you're listening now, we get together with some really cool wrestlers. Sometimes we have some women wrestlers. Sometimes we have some uh, old veterans that are retired. Sometimes we have some up and young comers. Sometimes we have some big name stars the last little while. We sit around and we talk. It's a cool time because we talk about some of the topics that are relevant now. And you get some really cool insight that you've maybe been curious about. 
I'm going to preference uh, the last show uh, that we just put up, the Puerto Rican episode. Yes. Glamour Boy Shane was amazing. I got to learn and 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 understand because for me, Puerto Rican wrestling was something cool, but I didn't quite understand it because you know it was presented in Spanish. Uh, it was cool to see, but I didn't have a real in in it. Uh, to hear Andy and Chief and and Glamour Boy Shane talk about the stuff in there, and and they really brought home the feeling. And and I gotta say, Andy, you were you were on fire on this one, man. You you really, <laughs> you, you guys really gave us a really cool look at what uh, at what Puerto Rican wrestling was like during that time. And you know, and just the other day, you know, we went almost two hours doing a tag team one featuring Bruce Hart. Uh, talking about some of the some of the great teams he put together and the way he saw teams and the way he sees today's tag team wrestling and we had a host of guests on that one we had a, a slew of us yeah, I think it was like 10 house. of us it was a pretty big one uh, and a lot a lot of guys got to wing in as much but I got to tell you some of those guys we had on uh, I know Matt Sigmund and um, AJ Sanchez are definitely having those two back on on a absolutely they seem like they had a lot to talk about and uh, we just didn't have enough time it was just too much we could have went on the worst part is we probably could have went on another two hours oh for sure it was just some great stuff so check out quarantine that's a really fun show we also do a thing called um, called WPOV aftermath and aftermath is when there's a big main uh, you know pay-per-view we'll get together afterwards we'll talk about it uh, take it apart say what we like about it uh, and just break it down for you folks. And we have a lot more stuff coming in the in the new year. Uh, I can promise you people a whole bunch of really cool stuff featuring all of us here at the WPOB Network. Now, I told you that uh, you're probably listening on some format. Uh, there are a, a bunch of places you can find us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us in TuneIn, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, and Spotify. Woo! blazing guns i remember them all all Never right better podcasts are found yes and some of the shitty ones also take us <laughs> anyhow um, <laughs> we have no shame all right folks we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we're probably gonna try and flog you some t-shirts and then we're gonna get into aew dynamite dynamite this is the canadian crusher aj sanchez and uh, you are listening to wpov wrestling all right folks we're back I mentioned something about t-shirts. I always do this because I'm going to get Andy to finally do a perfect one Uh-oh. where he doesn't have to ask me about any, but you know what? If you slip, you slip. Let's see if you get the t-shirt price right. You didn't last week. You were close. You were only off by four cents. Okay. But, okay. Uh, no, there you go. That gives me a hint. <laughs> yeah. So are you ready? Andy? Uh, absolutely not. I am not ready to tell you about uh, checking out our shop on prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV. Wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, we have four designs. Count them. One, two, three, four. It doesn't matter if that's in Canadian or American. That's the number four. Four t-shirt designs. Uh, they would make great gifts. The holidays are just around the corner. Uh, they are $19.95 US dollars. Uh, check them out. You'll look good wearing them. Uh, it helps support us. We got lots of good things coming up. So every little bit helps uh, contribute. So Buy a t-shirt. We gotta pay the rent, man. All right. <laughs> four point five for that t-shirt. I give a four point five. Right. I would have given him that extra point two five if he'd mentioned that one of the t-shirts is a global t-shirt. So, <laughs> oh yes. But you know what I was just realizing when we talked about the global t-shirts? You know, the global t-shirt has like our insignia and our colors, and then it has like it says legend and across the top and it has an arrow pointing up. It says a gentleman and uh, one pointing down. I think we need to also put lone wolf. 
pointing down to your butt on the back. I, I, I'm just saying. You know what? I was gonna, without the arrow, I was going to say probably the ass in the back probably belongs to <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, Winter is Coming. Dynamite! And I got to tell you guys, all week I had been really kind of pumped up for this. And I'm kind of not sure if this was a success for me. There's parts that were good, but there were some things that just did not work for me. And uh, Andy, was it a, was it a, was this a, a home run for you? Uh, what was it? How did you feel about it overall? I mean, we'll get into the details, but did it meet your expectations? I don't know what my expectations were coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the same level of as excitement as you did. It was just, okay, winter is coming. But, uh, like, it didn't, you know, with the way things left off, didn't strike me from last week as going, oh, like, winter's coming, winter's coming. Like, this is going to be crazy. This is going to be, you know, the best show of the year. Uh, you know, we had the main event, which, of course, was a big match, and it's something we speculated on about, you know, which direction they would mm-hmm. take because we're having this match at this time. Um, you know, but other than that, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't anything else really spectacular happening i mean we were getting jericho versus kazarian for the first time mm-hmm. um from a historical perspective okay cool but you know nothing really build up wise uh, mm-hmm. and then we found out we were getting the the battle royal which is cool but again like nothing really build up wise yeah. so i think it kind of the winter is coming did it mean it was like a new season did it mean you know who knows what it meant yeah um but there's ob- obviously there's you know some uh, defining moments mm-hmm. in this episode that we'll that we'll get to, but uh, yeah, as I was thinking about my rating after the show, I'm like, well, okay, well this happened and this happened, but eh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you want to know something really funny, guys? They paid money to use "Winter Is Coming." They actually paid uh, for the licensing from the game of thrones guys to use this on all their promotional and i gotta tell you what for me i thought that it was just terrible name for this thing did it do anything for you andy winter is coming just just the title alone no and and as someone who is not a games uh, game of thrones uh watcher like i've never seen an episode so it was way over your head too yeah so to me it was like you know okay winter is coming well i guess you know in florida i guess it's kind of you know winter in florida isn't going to be like it is in canada (laughs) Mm-hmm. Where you know it started like a month ago, I mean, and really winter officially starts December twenty first. So, <laughs> so if you didn't know Game of Thrones, you were lost with the winter is coming. It was yeah, it was just okay. It's the beginning of December. It's it's winter in Florida, I guess. Elio, yeah, winter is coming. Did that I, do anything for you? I know, I know of Game of Thrones. I've never seen it, but uh, just the name uh, it doesn't really do anything for me. Well, the funny part is, I have seen Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched the whole things. I enjoyed the show thoroughly, but I got to tell you, Winter is Coming just, it came off to me just, really? You're going to name it something lame after a TV show? Like, that was my reaction to it. Uh, even as a big fan of Game of Thrones, it didn't lure me in at all. It made me think, ah, it was like a cringy one, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 and maybe too, and I'm going to say this, and, and maybe you guys disagree with me. Um, I'm so old school, and the fact is, I enjoyed the days back when wrestling wasn't everything had to have a name 
for every event. <laughs> no, uh, you didn't have to name it after like a Led uh, a Def, Def Leppard song or whatever. Like you just went to the thing, you know. And now it seems like every card has to have a name, and they're lame. <laughs> they're, they're never really any good, and it dilutes the big shows. So for me, uh, winter's coming right away. Put me on edge. Although I'm gonna give them one prop for uh, the promotional posters, which I thought looked really cool. Even if you didn't know Game of Thrones, the snowy looking thing gave you some kind of feel and they look cool, but Winter's Coming is lame as hell. Um, and, and speaking about lame as hell, this was a piss poor battle royal to open up this thing. For me, it really didn't have much going on in it. It had some minor stories that you knew you basically, I don't know about you guys, but I, as soon as I looked at who was in it, I guessed exactly how this was going to play out. And it played out paint by numbers. Um, we had uh, interesting stuff. Uh, Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky. You knew yeah. that this was the total uh, Royal Rumble crap where two guys eliminate each other because they hate each other so much, right? Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. And you knew that if Scorpio took out... Um, if, he, if, he, if he took out Sean Spears first, Sean Spears was going to do the old reach back in and do something to cause the end, yeah. you know? And we got that with the loaded glove thing. Um, we've seen stuff, uh, uh, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna throw this out there because it's a far away shot to get the whole ring in there constantly because you're trying to show everybody. Yeah. And there is a lot of guys in AEW who are vaguely look alike from a distance. I was having a real hard time if, was that Joey Janela? Was that Adam Page? Was that Chris Jericho? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes Actually, I, I, think they, I had that happen too. If if yeah. the, if the if the commentators hadn't uh, said the names, I wouldn't have known. Like that yeah. uh, that the guy across across uh, the ring that way was Joey uh, Chanella. I would have guessed it yeah. was either um, Adam Page or Jungle Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just that these guys look so much alike, and. Adam Page is supposed to be your big, next big up and coming star. And I was having a hard time de determining sometimes, is that him? Because sometimes he would do something. It's like, oh, good move, Joey Janelle. Then they say yeah. Adam Page. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that kind of, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. I wondered if you guys are going to think about no, it. I didn't write that man. down, but I did notice that. Um, so uh, they, they continued this little story. Like most of all of this was story continuation, okay? Yeah. Um, they did the, the, the story with um, Adam Page being helped out by the Dark Order, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it, it was good to see John Silver's partner do a few cool things for a change because it seems like yep. they never show that guy do anything. And he's a good wrestler. Um, so it was good to see him do some stuff. I found it pretty hilarious. They did the spot where they threw Hangman Page over and all of uh, the Dark, Dark Order, Order catch him and throw yeah. him back on. <laughs> So let's, I'm curious if that's actually going to go. Uh, I think, I think I would not mind if they did the storyline of it, sort of like the Daniel Bryan joining the Wyatt family thing for a little while, instead of just sloughing them off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mural uh, looked good in there, but just what, what a lost cause for this guy. My God, every time they make him, it's like one step forward, two steps back, you know? Every time they give him something that looks good, uh, I'm gonna say he looked pretty good eliminating a bunch of guys and, and going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Wardlow and the other guys. But then that was so bad, the end when he came back. It looked so contrived, phony. He looked like a, 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 he looked like a, a villain twisting his uh, mustache as he's trying to tie someone to, you know, it was just so yeah. bad. Yeah. He's like doing this breaking stuff. And I'm just like, <sighs> okay. 
uh, as it was, we got more. Uh, oh, and there's, of course, they had, they kept going on. Obviously, they're going to make Matt Hardy a villain because the, the commentators kept talking on about how he's being very elitist lately. Yeah. And uh, how he, he, and then he eliminates Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah. Picture yeah. Isaiah Cassidy, who he's been training, <laughs> turns on him, takes him out. Um, then he tries a whole bunch of stuff. Even does the uh, coward back off of uh, Myer, of Miro when he hit him, and then Miro got up and he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to back off." So he's obviously going to be healed. Um, in the end, we come to the and here's another thing that's never good about faces uh, winning battle royals is when the face is knocked down and everyone for, that always works better for a villain. If the yeah. villain's knocked out and nobody remembers, and then he comes in and steals it, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But when the face is knocked down, it means he didn't do jack. He just laid around while everyone out wrestled each other, and then he picked the bones. That's not much of a hero. But in all fairness, consider who it is, though. He doesn't really do anything. <laughs> Your favorite. Um, of course, we had also the last part of the story would be uh, Sammy Guevara and um, being kind of cheap-shotted by MJF to yeah. have him eliminated. In the end, we get Orange Cassidy... Uh, they forgot he was laying outside, gets back in, and um, Superman punches the crap out of everybody <laughs> and then ends up kind of co-winning with MJF. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're fighting it for a ring, yeah. <laughs> which, which is every week seems to be worth more and more money. But <laughs> um, wow, I, I don't even know where to go from here. You, you go ahead. Go ahead. What was your thing on this one, Andy? Uh, you know what? Overall, I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. And and I liked that there was a story that, you know, there is some story continuation in there, um, you know, whether predictable or not. And I said, you know, sometimes the predictability is a good thing uh, because, you know, if you try to change things up and keep it too mixed up, kind of like a lot of what happens with the inner circle, it's almost to the point of like, I, I'm so lost. I don't really care. Uh, I liked the Scorpio and Sean bit. Uh, I noticed that it took two people to get rid of my my pal, John Silver. So uh, I was kind of had a little chuckle at that. I thought Matt looked good, you know, the heel thing. But I mean, you know, he's still pretty strong. Miro overall still looked pretty strong. So it was just good to see some something like that from from those guys. Uh, the kind of the the end there with uh, Sammy and Jungle Boy, kind of how they were doing all their stuff, kind of outside the ring like that. That's the first time I think I've seen something like that, along with those kind mm-hmm. of false finishes. So it was something different, and it, they, you know, for what it was, it looked, it looked good. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, I agree with what you said about kind of Orange Cassidy. I mean, you know, they didn't really forget him, though, because, I mean, they still were like, oh, yeah, he was out there. Wardlow, you know, grabbed him and threw him back in. Uh, but to me, I, I would like to hope and think that this is a another ring for MJF because really, like, you know, what's Orange Cassidy going to do with it? It doesn't work for him, does it? I mean, he doesn't no. care about anything. His character, why yeah. the hell would he carry about a ring? Yeah, like why is he even in the battle royal? Meh. To be I gotta honest, say be though, my only real kind of hope at the end of this match was when I, you know, of course they kind of downplayed it, so it's easy for us to forget about all of us to forget about Orange Cassidy because yeah. they played it off that way. I kind of thought it would have been neat if it came down to Wardlow and uh, MJF, MJF, and and Wardlow decides he's not going to lay down this time. That's what I was kind of hoping for, to be honest. That's that's what I thought, and then I was like, oh wait, Orange Cassidy's still in this match. Yeah. Now, Elio, how did the match overall uh, feel for you? Because I'm gonna, Andy kind of liked it. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't hate it, but I was kind of disappointed that I felt like at the end it didn't mean anything. 
I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. So it was just, it was in the middle for me. Um, I liked uh, the whole, uh, when the mirror mortal were face to face. Yep. I like uh, that. I like that he got four eliminations. Um, because I was thinking, okay, they're finally going to do something with this guy. They're going to showcase him more. But then uh, they had him eliminated. And then at the end, I was like, okay, good. We're going to get Wardlow and MJF. I want to yep. see what happens here. And then yeah. at back of my mind, I was like, well, wait, Orange Cassidy is on this match. So we, I knew where they were going with, it, with that one. Yeah. Okay. It, it was just, to me, the you know, when you say it's like, I know how this is going to play out. And to me, it was like, I, you know, I had an idea of what I hoped was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I wasn't entirely sure, which was part of, for me, was part of the, um, part of my thing for liking it was like, okay, well, but the, you know, there's, there's a couple different angles that they can kind of go with here to try to, to elevate or try to, to move along. Uh, I, yeah. And I mean, I'm not an orange Cassidy guy. So to me, like, I would have rather seen MJF and Wardlow. I would have rather seen Sammy and MJF. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping for that one too. You know, and like to do something like that where somehow there's the accidental elimination of Wardlow or whatever, or Wardlow causes something to happen, whatever, you know, some kind of friction, friction there. I like, but yeah, yeah with Orange Cassidy, you know, I really don't care what's going to yeah. happen. Well, there's another thing too. And the reason why I said it felt slightly disappointing is it's kind of sucks to have a match with this all these many people, all this stuff going on. There really isn't a winner at the end because now the two guys left made meet each other next week. So okay. still nobody's really won. Yeah. And that's a no payoff for me. And that's like, eh. <laughs> I, I would have preferred to see if they were going to do that, then you know what? Well, I mean, and not to say with this show because of what they were mm-hmm. actually putting on as the main event. But to me, this is something where it's like they should have done this. And then that match should have been the last match tonight or it should have been kind of like the match before yeah you know, Kenny and Moxley give us a payoff from all yeah. of this that, that to, to have to wait for that where there's no real build up there's no real anything to it like that's kind of eh. now you know we've talked a lot about the uh the uh inner circle and the drag out of sometimes and sometimes we we see parts where we think this would could be great and then times you're like what the hell uh the Frankie Kazarian versus Chris Jericho match illustrated some really kind of just dumb things going on, you know? Uh, I think back to when Jericho, and first of all, I'd like to say, this was a pretty solid match for a yeah. while, but then it turned into a lot of ridiculous storyline going on. It was almost overbooked. Yeah. Um, so the smash fell flat for you. It kind of did. Well, it started, it okay, had such yeah. good potential and then just kind of nosedive. Okay, I'm not, I'm not the only one because <laughs> I, I wrote that in my notes that the smash just fell flat. Well, I really had a problem with the fact is, is what was the dumb shit going on when like Jericho's in the uh, is in the Boston Crab and he's getting like you know because uh, there it's torquing on you've got all of a sudden um, Ortiz hops onto the apron this <laughs> thing and he's acting like he's gonna get in there why the hell would he you know risk disqualification yeah. meanwhile it then it turns to Hager trying to get him down and then MJF comes out with a towel. And Wardlow's there, and then Sammy, and yeah, like overbooking, ridiculous. Yep. It took away so much from what was happening in the match that the peril of maybe Jericho was going to tap out just died. Yeah. We we're so busy watching the drama around us that that became secondary, and that's not cool. Um, I agree. I felt like this match, for those reasons alone, fell flat for me. Andy. Yeah, I I don't have much more to add. You know that it, it, it was all right, but. Uh... 
no, that was kind of my thought as everything started to happen towards the end was overbooked. Okay. And there's okay. just, it was too, too convoluted, too much, too busy. Uh, and you just kind of, eh, like if they would have had just the whole thing, even with just the towel, mm -hmm. that to me, it could have been, you know, more impactful, more meaningful than Ortiz mm -hmm. trying to interrupt. And then you know, other stuff is just, okay, well, is MJF going to do it? Well, Sammy's going to do it. Well, is it going to get, you know, accidentally tossed into the, into the ring? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And just, uh... at the end, you didn't care what happened. <laughs> there was so many things going on. It just took away like that, that you're right. The towel thing could have been really effective. It could have been a cool storyline, but because the other stuff, it just all became a schmoz of where you were just like, yeah. And when everything like that to me, with everything like that being a schmoz, and Jericho still comes out on top, that to yeah. me, you know, like that's something where all that stuff happened. Like, then you should have put Kazarian over. Yeah. You know, after that. after all that, and then that would have caused more reason for for him to be pissed off. Everybody else would be pissed off because because they because Jericho lost, but but he won. He overcame. So to me, that was just, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to agree. It just, and, and obviously, Elio, you, you, you felt that it just wasn't. It yeah, just it just fell flat. Either, yeah. The, the main focus was the ongoing infighting within the inner circle. And even then, there's the problematic storyline. So why in the hell? The inner circle's basically always been there to surround um, Jericho. Really, it's his henchman. And he's been clear about that. So now he gives a crap that they're fighting and he's going to dissolve it if they can't. No, he should just, if he, anyone in realistic position would be like, okay, just get rid of one or two of the guys of each side who are. Or you know what? Next week, this is where you have your town hall meeting, not like three or four weeks ago. Like, Yeah, that, that's, no, let's not even get into that horrible <laughs> well, town hall yeah, meeting. Well, I, I know, but you know what I mean though? It's like yeah. all of a sudden, you know, this, you got this group. We're going to be, we're going to stand together. We're going to be, we're going to be the best damn group. And then all of a sudden, if you guys can't get your stuff together, uh, you know, I quit. I'm taking my ball and going home. That's it. That's the end of the group. Yeah. Like, like that? Like what? <laughs> yeah. That, and once again, I don't know what the direct, like, is this that thing that we talk about? Our guys booking their own stuff. Is this Jericho just trying to make such a, a convoluted thing for his story to make it spectacular that he's just missing the mark? Or he's trying to outsmart everybody and trying to keep people guessing, but it, it's not even, it's not even a fun guessing game anymore. No. So, uh, and you know what, what a waste of calves. I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous wrestler. Yeah. I enjoyed what he was doing when he did. And I want to give props out. Chris Jericho has looked pretty shitty the last little while. He looked in pretty good shape tonight. Really? So, I thought he did. Mm -hmm. But then what he has looked. Then what he has looked in the last while. Uh, also, one other quick note on a Jericho thing here, uh, because I'm constantly on this. Yeah. But there's like, you know, twice in the span of 15 seconds, 20 seconds that he was swearing. It's like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought of you as soon as he said that. I was like, oh, man, he's going to love that. <laughs> like that That goes on to, on to uh, the <clears throat> returning uh, AEW uh, audio issues. They had that click in for a second. Two or three or three times there. I mean, they fixed mm -hmm. it quick, but it happened. And like, that's, that, you know, like to me, like that's up there with the swearing, especially with Jericho. Like, it's just, it's. Oh, was that, uh, was that that part uh, when Jericho was, uh, had no, the no. mic? He's talking nope. about when the uh, Marvis, uh, the first time was Marvis. The Young, the Young Bucks. Bucks. 
and you know the five there seconds is, and then it cut yeah. well the problem up. there is is they're they're shooting the stuff too close together if you have a live ongoing show and open mics in different areas they're yeah, going to yeah. pick up all the stuff so i don't know why they just don't if you're going to do these things pre-tape them yeah and then add them into the thing i mean the wwe does that a lot they don't always have people backstage yeah you know and uh and you know, sometimes you think they did they've just piped in the crowd <laughs> at the yeah. right times so yeah that 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 issue just makes you look bush league and it, that that's what's next anyways was the marvez young bucks thing watching this um jesus uh first of all the young bucks are still very confusing they start like they start <laughs> off by kind of like mocking and strong arming marvez a little bit yeah remember when i super kicked you yeah huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then then these most painful why does every african-american team these days have to be from the hood rapper gangsters or whatever stereotype yeah and and it, they even pointed it out it was funny because one of the young bucks said oh didn't somebody already do this gimmick like <laughs> so the guy but comes yeah, up here you guys are like you know you guys are executive <laughs> vice presidents or whatever yeah. you are and you're the one that's allowing this to happen and then we get subjected to like a pathetic rap thing. Yeah, that was so from from bad. guys that we that don't was, know who that they was are. Terrible. Yeah, they're, they're called the oh, unclean. I, I get that, but I mean, you get guys that are showing up that we've never yeah. seen on the show before. It's, it's... Yeah, I only saw that they were on a dark, and that's it. I never seen them before. And here's another problem that AEW relies way too much on: is okay, the acclaimed are a big uh, name in indie wrestling in. Uh, in the uh, northern of the, the north of U.S., but fans who watch AEW don't know that. I have no so, idea who they are. Yeah, so you can't just throw these guys out there and let them do their shtick without giving them some kind of introduction. Instead, yeah. they just look like two. To me, they look. They didn't even look like wrestlers. They look like two schlubs dressed up like they were from the hood, and they just rapped and made fun of of the young bucks in a very poor way. I would rather see. You know, the ongoing, you give these guys the 30, 45 seconds, give them like little video packages, like the mm -hmm. old school in the territories, like promo packages, like where we can see these guys, you know, play it for, for three or four weeks before they show up, you know, maybe use that to kind of compliment what they're doing on dark versus just having these guys showing up. Cause you know, like I said, I have no idea who, I don't watch dark. I have no idea who they are. I pay little mm -hmm. attention to the independent scene. I have little idea. And that's one of the things, you know, I've said in the past that, uh, credit to WWE is kind of creating their their own, you know, their their universe. own universe, their history. Where okay, well, here we're bringing in these guys. Some of you will know who they are, but we're going to kind of give them, you know, some legs to stand on before we start going back and going. Oh yeah, well, back, you know, these guys used to do this. So, you know, even now with the network and stuff, where they bring in, they've got like Evolve and some of these other shows. Oh, well, here you can see a young Drew McIntyre doing this. You can see Keith Lee doing this. But when we first see Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee, like that's not, they're not, that's not what they're yeah. talking about. So I think that's, that's a huge miss for me with, with AEW. Yeah. And I, and I agree because I mean, now because of, they didn't do that. Now going forward, these guys in my mind are a terrible comedian and a guy who's a terrible rapper. Yeah. I, will I ever get past that? It's going to be pretty hard to when you give such a bad first impression. Yeah. Um, but let's go further into this. Um, so then after all the insults and the young bucks who are, who knows if they're good guys, bad guys, standing there taking this abuse, 
including lots of uh, homoerotic suggestions by these two guys about yep. the way they're looking at each other on their book. Um, then they say, oh, look behind you. And out comes H2. The hybrid two comes out and attacks them. And I'm sorry, but I don't mind cool things happening in beatdowns or something memorable, but it was so ridiculous when Nick Jackson got thrown into that box. And it was funnier when um, Kazarian and uh, Daniels come out and chase them off. They're consoling poor Matt. Well, Nick's laying in the box as everyone's forgot about him. He awesome. just looked cool jumping in a box, but uh, yeah. It's like, um, that's just like throwing a piece of, you know, like you got paper you're throwing in the garbage from your desk. It's like, dunk, yeah. dunk. <laughs> is This was a, a poor miss for me, this, this promo. Yeah. Very poor miss. And you know what? If you're going to plug your book, you know, whether or not you're looking at each other's chunk, I don't care, but at least show the cover of the book for crying out yeah. loud. So someone goes into the bookstore so we can see what we're looking for. Yeah, they didn't show it once. That was really Man, bad. that's some poor product placement. Now... Uh, I got excited, but then didn't. I like the next two wrestlers. I don't think they're a good fit together. <laughs> I don't think their styles are at all what you want to see. Yeah. And um, so we have Britt Baker taking on the returning Layla Hirsch. And uh, th the reason I say that is Britt works really well when she is the agitator, the uh, stick and run, the coward changing on things does not work very well against someone like Hirsch, who's all ground pound and lockups. Yeah. You know, it, it was a bit of a, a flat fail there. Now, uh, Andy, you said you didn't see it. And it, the, it just was so jarring to me when it happened. And it's not me nitpicking here. Mm -hmm. There was literally a move where Hirsch went down. Uh, uh, Britt rolled up and she stood up. And you know how she did, people do that kind of side kick to someone on their knees to the face? Yeah. She did this kick and literally the kick, and I, I'm going to try and describe it, but I'm, as I'm doing, I'm showing Andy. It was basically she put her foot on her face. She didn't even thrust it. She just put her foot on her face, and then you heard a, and the camera switched to an angle really quick, and she went flying. Despite I did the, see that. Despite the fact there was, it was so obvious that there was no momentum. She literally just put her foot on her face. I did see that. She slapped her leg for the hit. They cut the camera really quick. And Hirsch acted like she got shot with a gun. Yes, and that and that's what I mean. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like I was—I was, I think I was like writing something down, and mm -hmm. I kind of looked up and I saw it, and I was like, "That timing!" But you said it happened so fast. Like that timing seemed really off because that just seemed <laughs> weird. But but then but then when you asked after saying like, "Did you see the super kick?" So I was thinking more of like, "Oh, an actual yeah, <laughs> yeah." And I, I'm like, "Oh no, I didn't see that." But that no, I saw that, and yeah, that was. Yeah, the foot was there, and then you got the slap. Actually, that's what it was. Is I remember thinking, is like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if you're going to call the slap, the leg slap on that one. Yeah. But at least when people do it, they make it look like they're actually kicking. Yeah. She literally looked like she put her foot gingerly yes. against her face, or not even gingerly, very lightly, and then Hirsch had to sell like she was <laughs> nailed. So, um, oh wow, okay. Uh, this match itself, I, I do like Hirsch a lot, and I do like Baker a lot. Yeah. Um, but I felt uh, one of the things I didn't like is um, Hirsch's over-reliance on going for the, um, the, the, the cross-arm breaker because she escaped it so many times so easily, it kind of really detracts now from, like, yeah. obviously that ain't that hard of a move because it's not that hard to get out of. 
Yeah. Britt Baker can get out of it four times. Either Hirsch is very poor at it, or it's not really that great of a movie. Or Baker's a superwoman. <laughs> yeah, and we know that ain't true. <laughs> uh, although I do like her opening thing. Uh, her her little opening vignette stuff, you know, when she comes in her little package thing, is pretty goofy and funny. I, I don't know why I find that so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy her. I hope we see her in some other form. Interesting as the match ends. And here's another thing. Just weird. I don't understand. Like, you know, we talk about psychology. We talk about things meaning stuff, right? So Rebel gets up onto the apron, distracts the referee. That would be the point where Britt Baker should do something nefarious to win the match. But instead, the next three things she does are totally legal, totally normal, no cheating involved moves that wins her the match. So what was the point of Rebel getting up there to distract the ref when Baker did nothing illegal? Every move she did was legal. I, I it just it made me think like who put this match together? Like I, I it just didn't make sense to me. And then uh and then we get the post-match beatdown with uh, Thunder Rosa coming out and wailing the shit out of Britt Baker. <laughs> yep. Um enjoyed that. Always find it weird how a wrestler can be like, you know, pretty much like raped and, and pillaged and destroyed. Nobody helps him. But Britt Baker's out there and 20 referees. I don't even see 20 referees during the show. All these guys in referee uniforms come running out, poorly separates them. So poor, even JR is like, pull them for Gavard, for God's <laughs> sakes. <Yeah. laughs> and then Rebel walks over and punches Thunder Rosa with the weakest looking, dumbest. <laughs> kind of forearm punch thing. Which had no reason or rhyme to it. So Layla Hirsch comes back in, gives her a suplex, and then she just walks away like nothing. And it was just like, there's so much that doesn't make sense in what I'm watching here. I, Andy, I me. the only thing I'm just gonna add to that last part is, is to me the only thing you know you say it doesn't make sense to you. To me, it's the, you know, she's Brit's lackey. She's coming in. She's you know the opportunity is there for a cheap shot. It just would look better if it was thrown better. Yeah, because it didn't even look like uh, Thunder Rosa was like. Oh yeah, that was your shot. So uh, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of wonder. It's like, okay, well, are we next week? Are we coming back with, with uh, a tag match between the four of them? Mm. And that, that I, was that was my. Uh, I would hope so. Yes, yeah, but that would make sense. It would yeah. make sense, but then we have Tony Khan, who like something happens, and like thirty seconds later, he has the match book. So we didn't hear about it this week. Yeah, so yeah. So that maybe, makes me wonder. Yeah, yeah, but that's. Uh, that was kind of my only thing towards the end of that. Like I, like I said to me, like I, I understand. I'd like to. Well, it made sense to me, but that's because in my head, this is what's going to happen: is that she came in, took the, the cheap shot, Layla came back and did that, and so next week we're going to have, you know, a women's tag match. But and uh, what do I? Know? This is this is one thing I find a little bit funny: is we always push for realism in wrestling to make the stories go along, and so I'm supposed to believe that Thunder Rosa when she's on her day off wearing all her leather and hanging out the back, still paints half of her face yeah. as she walks around. Well, you can say the same thing about Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, I was going to say Dustin is the worst for it, too. He never fights on the card, but he's already wearing his half. Okay. Yeah. So I, get, I have another point about that shortly anyways, too. Okay. Excellent. excellent. So overall, um, this should have been a much better match. I enjoyed both these women. Did not enjoy this match. This fell flat for me um, because it just... And just even the ending, uh, just so quickly, you know, 
uh, Hirsch is spending all this time doing all this like grinding down moves. Uh, Britt Baker's doing everything to escape. And then she just weakly throws her over and sticks her hand in the mouth and the referee stops. Yeah, didn't we, didn't we, have, her in the for, didn't we have her in the book for that without using a glove? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say kind of middling to poor for me on this match. And I say sadly because I enjoy both these women's work. Andy? Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't do much for me. I just, my saving grace that I'm giving it is that I hope, like I said, next week, I would like to, the, for the fact of what happened at the very end, I hope that there's a tag match between these four next week, just to see yep. some continuity and some story. Give me something to work with. I would like that too. Uh, Elio? Yeah, this match just fell flat. I like both of these, but this match just didn't work for me. Okay. Uh, let's move in next to Darby Allen and Cody, my, I have the most elaborate entrance mute ever in any show, uh, taking on Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Um, basically, you know, a pretty interesting match back and forth. Uh, Darby taking a lot of the beatings here. Um, I don't know. This, this was also a match that sounded good on paper, but it was just kind of there. And then the ending. Uh, so at the ending comes out, um, you know, Al, Darby Allen and Cody win. Uh, then out comes, uh, well, first, and what the hell was Arn Anderson? I mean, he's some distant relative of yours. What the hell was he doing, that old man in his tracksuit, <laughs> trying to punch I... Ricky Starks, of all people? I don't know. <laughs> and at least, as much as we get on Taz's case, at least he was the smart one. He wasn't dumb enough to actually do anything. I thought for sure he was going to hit somebody with that belt. He stood there holding that belt forever. Yeah. And uh, he never quite got in the ring. But Arn Anderson decides he's going to start punching people. Well, I I wonder if they're starting to kind of plant seeds for something because Arn, you know, there seems to be something a little offish between Arn and Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know about that. I would like to go back to okay. the very start of this yeah. because what what kind of caught me, and uh, it's something that I realized. I, I I read an interview with Chris Jericho talking about it, and I realized that looking back, it was something that I had thought about. Maybe more like on a you know like maybe like on a subconscious level that it didn't seem right to me, and I didn't really say anything to it. But once I read that he kind of talked about it, I'm like, well, yeah, that that is what kind of what I thought. It made sense, and then to me, it feels like I'm seeing a similar thing here. And what he was referring to in an interview was talking about uh, again, like you know, I for me, kind of the, the continuity of the show, the formatting, the way things are put together. Uh, and he was talking about how at one point, you know, there was the uh, will MJF join the inner circle? And then right after one of the, one of these, uh, segments, they had, uh, Taz come out and that was the whole thing about trying to get, uh, Will Hobbs to join. And it's like, you're doing back-to-back segments of essentially the same angle of, well, will MJF join? Will Hobbs join? And then, so the, I think Jericho said something that they had to kind of change the, the wording or something about the way it was uh, kind of presented going forward for uh, like for Hobbs like to come with us or something like that. However, that kind of went forward. And to me, I felt there was another example of it tonight in the sense that the segment prior to this tag match, you had Thunder Rosa come out who wasn't wrestling and she's got the, the half face paint with the skull. Yeah. And then your next segment, 
who's the first person coming out is Darby Allen, whose face painted is half with a skull and there's no connection. There's no association yet. It looks like the same gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have Dustin Rhodes come out later. Who's also got half face paint, <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, that back to back plus, you know, the other thing that we'll talk about shortly on top of that, I think it was just, to me, I would have, I would have liked to have seen a book differently or, mm-hmm. you know, laid out differently. Um, the entrances, I know we talk about it all the time and we kind of joke, maybe this is Cody's way of getting us to always talk about him, but you know, the champ comes out on a skateboard and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Yeah. The it champ came out on a Johnny skateboard. Ace? Didn't Johnny Ace used to come out on a skateboard? Yeah. <laughs> He was never the face of TNT, though. He was also never a champion. There you go. So the champ comes out. To me, this was was another, right right off there is like, okay, Cody's got the longer entrance. Cody's not the champ. Why not have Cody come out first? Mm. Because in that way, the champ doesn't have to stand there while Cody's, yeah. You know, so like, that was another thing with me was was how that was presented. Um, Not a bad match. I don't know if you noticed, though, but when and 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 honestly i thought the uh the right team won i was glad even though i'm not a derby guy i was glad to see him get the pin being the champ but did you notice that when he made the pin he had him hooked up so well starks's shoulders were actually off the mat <laughs> yep and that was like right in front of us with the camera angle and it's like really so whatever he got the pin that was good uh the heels <laughs> And I even wrote down, heels got their heat back, which, you know, pretty much they did because they, they had the beat down going on. But then, you know, we had Dustin come out. And, but again, there's another half face paint. So, uh, yeah. Uh. And then I'll leave it at that because then I'll let you kind of present what. Uh, <laughs> one thing what I want to say next. What, what, one thing I want to say too is. Um, when what's his name ran out? Uh, the big muscle dude. Uh, da, 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 oh, Brian K. Oh, Brian Lesnar. Brian Lesnar. Brian Lesnar. Well, you know, yeah. he started throwing F fives. Yeah, but here's the thing: is okay, they're kind of like F fives, but at the end of them, they look really lame. Like I'm looking at this guy, and he's this big muscle guy, and basically he looks like he tosses you up the air and brings your arm down. And I'm like, the first time he did it, it looked like he missed. Like it didn't even, look, and maybe it's just the angle, which AEW work on those angles. I mean, if it looks yeah. that bad, switch to another angle. And then he did it again on the same angle. And I'm like, okay, it almost would be cool if it had the finish like uh, Brock Lesnar, but the arm coming down thing is like, why on earth would a big muscle dude have a move where he's just bringing you down on your arm? It, it just, it just read this stupid to me. I'm like, come on, man, you got to have better moves than that. You're a big dude. You impress us with a strength power move, not like, oh, anyone can lift up. He did a move that any wrestler of any size could do as a finishing, and that bothered me. And plus, it also didn't look that bad, you know? So, um, but then again, Brian Cage, man, that guy, he, how can a guy look so damn good and be so piss poor when he wrestles? I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, and I've seen him in the past and I've seen him in other companies do way better things. And I just don't get what's going on here. It's just like, he's not, they rarely push him. He should be the guy. I'm sorry. Ricky Starks is great, but with the looks of, of cage, he should be the focal point of your group. 
and he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's the muscle head who every now and then they let him say one, yeah, that's right, Taz, or, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. he just looks worse and worse, whatever they do with this dude. So, okay, but let's get to, uh, I know what uh, Andy, and, and Andy uh, is usually ahead of me on watching these matches. And sometimes when we're uh, talking as they're watching this stuff, we're, you know, 10 or 15 minutes difference between us. And so when I ask him something, he has to remember back to it. And then when he says something, he tries not to tell me because he wants to get my reaction yeah. out of it. But he'll say, holy crap. And I'll be like, as, as soon as Andy typed that in the messenger, yeah. I, I said that I said the exact thing to myself because I was watching it at that moment. <laughs> well, then I realized I was playing this all wrong, okay? Because I then started watching the match intently. Right to see if there was an injury. And then when they banged heads at one time, I'm like, whoa, was that a real bang head? Is that what he's talking about? Like, the, well, maybe not. And I simply said, you'll know when you see it. Yeah. And then I started to realize, oh, no, that isn't what he meant. He meant something's going to ridiculously happen here. I'm still waiting for the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that Hobbs is going to accidentally hurt somebody or something like this, right? But I thought maybe they're going to do something to Darby Allen because he's willing to take such ridiculous crap. Right. And, and before you go on, let me just yep. throw in a little a little nugget here. Uh, I think it was before the show started or something like that. One of the things that I also messaged yeah. was, you know, kind of with the whole winter is coming. Yeah. My kind of, unfortunately, joke. was a half joke, half truth was, yeah. oh, well, because they're in Florida, kind of close to Georgia. I was like, yeah. maybe they're bringing in glacier from wcw yeah which had you know it was kind of like the the uh sub-zero mortal combat gimmick many many yeah. years ago so that was kind of my joke it was like oh maybe glacier is coming so now we go back to you know where we are now and the worst part is as he said that as a joke um when the guest comes on and the lights go down and then all of a sudden the winter is coming crap starts on and there's snow and i'm like yep i was like oh my god they brought in fucking glacier <laughs> And even in my head, I was, that's what it was. It was like, I can't believe it. I was right. They're bringing in Glacier. <laughs> but then they bring in the man called Sting. I love, I love Sting, but holy fuck, he's old. He didn't, he's like dyed his hair white for God's sakes. He's not even trying. To. I don't think he dyed it. <laughs> you really think he's gotten that old? Wow. He looks ancient in there, man. Even in his makeup and everything with the totally white, slick, balding back hair. I was like, wow, it's Grandpa Sting. Uh, <laughs> on one hand, totally cool because it's Sting. But there's that part of you that's got to go, this dude it can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. I mean, his last match with Seth Rollins, he got injured off a buckle bomb. Um, <laughs> okay, so you signed a name. This is like, you know, signing Kurt Angle to just to hang out yeah. and not wrestle. So, you know, then they tell us he's got a multi-year deal, and I'm thinking, we're going to be lucky to get multi-days out of this dude, let alone multi-years. The guy's 61. <laughs> he looks like 71 in there. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, a fit 71, but 71. Um, yeah. Uh, half of me popping like you know yeah. yeah half of me going what the fuck okay you just brought this is like bringing Shaq in you may get one and where the hell Shaq <laughs> right? where's the where's that dumb cargo chick they just they just erase those people I mean was her, found something better was her and Brandy so atrocious that people are like let's just forget they exist because <laughs> I, I could see that that was an atrocious atrocious uh, yeah. night between them and uh yeah. Okay. Sting coming back, Andy. Thoughts? Uh, I legit popped, as was noted in my message in Messenger. Yeah. 
just for the fact, I mean, like I said, <laughs> really, I was expecting Glacier because I, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, who else, you know, who else are they going to bring? Yeah. Uh, I, I popped because it was Sting. I popped because of the genuine surprise. Yeah. Because you know, I. Mm -hmm. Who would have thunk? Yeah, you didn't hear anything. You didn't read anything. It's kind of like it was like one of those best kept secrets, and it, it kind of heralded back to the days of the Monday Night Wars, uh, where you know it's like oh, you know you you never knew who was going to show up back mm -hmm. then. Back then, with you know, and, and, and even further back to that, uh, today's you know I can even say like for for us, for you can probably know where I'm coming from, but even for like Maple Leaf Wrestling, where at the mm -hmm. end of the show they'll say oh next week we you know we have the debut of the Steiner Brothers or the Texas Tornado, yeah. and you're like holy crap. Like, I know they're like, I can't believe those guys are here. So that element of surprise is something that is so genuine surprise is yeah. so rare in today's wrestling world. Uh, I, yeah, I think I pop primarily for the surprise, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, he, he does look older and it, it concerns me greatly uh, to how he will be used. Um. Like I said my my initial thing was well you know maybe this is just still heading towards my uh, projected Cody turn and you know they they talked about how that was Cody Cody's favorite wrestler growing up so to me it would make sense to have a Cody versus Sting thing. Do you want do you want a Cody versus Sting? Uh, it's not what I want, but it's what I could see happening. I, I just really I don't think Sting has very much in the tank. I mean he looks great. Use him as that, but. Well, oh. he's going to work. Who else do you, I mean, for, he came out, I mean, mm -hmm. he didn't do, I mean, you know, he didn't get involved with anybody from team Taz mm -hmm. and he just kind of came and kind of looked at everybody. Another thing that I thought, which I'm sure of it, I didn't go back, but uh, when he was kind of doing the face to face with Darby Allen, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it looked like Darby Allen wiped away a tear. Really? If you not go back. Time. Yeah. You go back and he kind of does like this. Mm -hmm. I have a high, I highly doubt that it was sweat. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this is me just projecting if, if I was in that scenario, like to, you know, be face to face yeah. with, with, with such a legend. But to me, it looked like he wiped a tear away, which if I'm right, I think is absolutely like cool. Awesome. You know, I'm not yeah. knocking that at all. Like that's just pure, genuine emotion. Although and if, if I'm I, wrong, well, whatever. Although if I was if I was Darby Allen after all this mocking of Sting bullshit, trying to be like him, I think I'd be a little bit embarrassed that I'd been ripping off his. Nah. <laughs> it's you know it's, it's a wrestling. Tribute. It's, it's, it's wrestling. The thing. It's a tribute. Um, but yeah. Uh, wow, what a big name signing! Uh, none of us saw it coming, so that made it pretty special. Um, all right, let's go to. Uh, the mox promo yeah you want to do the mox promo yes okay your your thing on the mox promo uh overall not bad i think we had, didn't there was not another one we had the couple seconds audio issue yeah um and the other thing on, like, to me was and it's something i talked about at the start of the show uh he threw in a little pat patterson tribute yeah so yeah uh it was good i i, I always think moxley is hitting it you know They've gotten Very better. Well on his stuff. Yeah. You know, he's gotten a lot better. Um, okay, here's the thing that I need explaining because what the hell is the logic here? Is they go to an interview, uh, Alex Marvez uh, is talking to Sheeta. Oh, and, yeah. and she's asking her how come she didn't, you know, get into it with Abaddon. And she says she's not scared. She brings up cosplay, all of this stuff. Then you hear a rattle off stage 
and she literally looks like she shits her pants and wants yeah. out of there. And that was weird. So I don't understand how Sheeta, who is the baby face champion, who's all that's good, is terrified of a woman who drops blood, fake blood out of her mouth and crawls around. It makes no sense. It would make sense if Abaddon was, or if, if Sheeta was this horrible heel that had been bullying people and nobody knew what to get to her as. And then whether good or bad, the scary ass chick is coming for her. Maybe we'll see some retribution. That makes sense to me. But the fact that Sheeta has been fighting on the side of good and she is our strong champion, now she's terrified of a girl crawling on her knees and spitting blood, just makes her look extremely bad. Yep. Extremely poor. Um, who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it makes me sad. Is is They let Sheeta talk more and more and you're starting to get a feel for her. Like she's a person finally. Not just this, you know? Yeah. This, this Asian destroyer, now she's got this little parts about her where you, 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 you hear her voice, you hear her talk, her personality a bit. And then to do something like this to her, I just, it's just dumb. Yeah, where and, she's and like where, a chicken heel and... Yeah, it just Abaddon turned her. I, I'm, I'm very, very <laughs> lost with this. Um, and then now we come to the uh, main event of the evening. All right. Uh, John Moxley defending his belt against Kenny Omega. Uh, we have Don Callis come out uh, introduced Yay. as one of the, uh, <laughs> the announcers. I, I like I like Don Callis. You guys like Don Callis? No, no. Okay, and you don't either. I don't mind him. He does what no, he does. No, I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I used to hate him in the WWE when he was actually wrestling. I thought his wrestling was yeah. yeah when, when, when he was never been a yeah. big fan. To me, it's it's more ease with the association of who who he's around, who he's with, yeah. than, uh, than anything else. And tonight was prime was example. It? Prime example, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to give it that. Um, so, okay, so they get into this match. Uh, it starts off slow, uh, goes back and forth quite a bit. Uh, we start to see, uh, it's obvious that Mox is, is, is stronger. He's taking uh, punishment and laughing it off in a way. Uh, Omega starts, I guess which you could call it is like a prelude to what someone's going to do of how they react in the match. He starts doing the heel thing. He starts chop blocking. He starts uh, attacking the knee viciously doing like, you know, not, not even, even when you see technical wrestlers or Brian, uh, Brian Daniels in the day, uh, there was a more noble way to do yeah. that sort of attack. Kenny seemed to be all of a sudden doing any kind of cheap shots. Overly yeah. aggressive. <laughs> yeah. And overly dirty. From yeah. the guy who came out and uh, begged that they had not a garbage fight, that it would yeah, be their gentleman's agreement or whatever it yeah. was. Yes, um, they kept bringing that up. Uh, what about the gentleman's agreement? Yeah. Now, um, I'm never impressed with the let's put chairs in front of each other and slap each other in the face thing. Yeah. I think it's extremely dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I can buy the chop thing, but yeah. standing there punching each other in the face just calls to like ridiculous no yeah. no one's really gonna do that um <laughs> but in the end of this match uh we find um you know we find this weird thing where it looks like kenny got hurt yeah. which was funny because when it happened they were all saying oh i think kenny's and i was watching him like i don't get it where like it didn't look like anything spectacular happened to hurt him well obviously it didn't yeah. but he starts playing the thing um moxley gets mad hucks him back in the ring uh, goes to like um, goes to like try doing some finishing moves 
Don Callis grabs a microphone and he start. He kind of, I don't know. It was just awkward how this happened. Callis yeah. gets on the ring. Moxley's backing up really weirdly, like you know, like he's expecting someone to be there to set this up. Um, uh, it kind of he taps him. Uh, Callis taps Moxley. Moxley turns around and punches Callis. Callis does that funny fall back thing, which yeah. as soon as I saw it, I knew, oh, that's how you roll shit into the ring. You do <laughs> no. the straight fall back and you toss out so that, you know, the referee yeah. and everyone's coming to you. And sure enough, he rolls the mic over. And I got to say, um, AEW, you probably shouldn't be using mics that are that sharp. If one hit to the head, split you over. <laughs> I, 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 I'm wondering if you, you really shouldn't buy, you know, the new... I, is that the Michael Shaver manager 2000 where you can shave and talk at the same time? Because it took one little blow to the head, which is hilarious because we all know the microphone. The microphones are the most ridiculous things to hit people with because it gives you that great Oh, noise. that thump. Yeah, but it's so fake. You know it really doesn't hurt, right? So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Omega gets up and he cracks... Uh, Moxley in the forehead with it makes this horrendous noise. Moxley goes down. He pops up and he's bleeding. This is AEW. Profusely. Profusely. Then um, Omega, who which I thought gave some gave four really nice looking V triggers in a row. They actually a couple of them look like they actually really hit him really hard. Um, then goes in for the one wing angel and wins the match. Wow. For me, this was this match was so unsatisfying. It's not who won. It's just the way things went in this match. The way the story was told. The way the story was told was terrible. Okay? Um, first of all, Omega is supposed to be a world-class star, and this was supposed to be his redemption match. No matter what happened in the end, we were supposed to come out and go, man, he, whether he's a good guy or bad guy, Omega's a pretty damn good wrestler. You didn't really get that. They didn't re- he didn't really have much time to shine continuously in this match. It was too much back and forth. And then he started resorting to like cheap ways to get ahead. Does not make you look like, oh, we missed the boat on this guy for a year? Not really. The worst part is I'm pretty sure Omega still has it in him. Um, I don't mind him cheating at the very end to win this match. Big deal. But along the way, just the way he presented himself... He did not look spectacular or anything special or that this guy should be the world champion. And, and for me, that was a letdown. Um, I got to ask, though, I was watching it on PVR and my PVR cut right off at the end. And so I don't, all of a sudden they cut to, uh, they're showing uh, Moxie in the ring and Eddie Kingston starts to talk. And yeah, I didn't hear what he said. As soon as his voice started, it cut off. I don't oh, know. That's, what that's what it was. Like it, 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 the okay. show cut off. The show did cut off. Yeah, it cut off. Oh, okay. I, didn't, I heard him talking and he would say they did cut off. Yeah, I just heard him say, look at your boy, click. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh. And that's pretty much it. Okay, okay. Good. Okay. Um what also, what the hell AEW? We're promoting impact now on our show? That's I, I was about to say that, that that's part that confused me the most about this match is yeah. now now they're walking uh, towards the uh, the back area. Yeah, they run out there like they, yeah, they, 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 like run, they run out there and um whoever like catches up with them and uh, Marvez. Yeah, and uh, Don Callis is like tune in on Tuesday. Wait, Dynamite's on Wednesdays. Yeah, and he goes Impact, and he actually <laughs> says the name of the show. Yeah. 
Well, but I mean, they've but they've said impact because you know when they had him on the last time that uh, with Kenny's match, whenever he did commentary the last time, they mentioned he's from Impact. So I mean, that's yeah. nothing new. No, but oh, the no, idea but that the time, champion is going to time, explain yeah. himself yeah. on Impact. Yeah. yeah. What the? F- no. Yeah. No, not good. So now we have to tune in on Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, I, I won't be. So. I won't be. <laughs> Sorry, it's not worth hearing that much. So I'm going to say overall, this match for me, I had much more potential in my mind for it, and it let me down. Andy, how'd you feel about this match? Uh, hmm. there, there's some some things you said that I agree with, some that I I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, I will give the guys credit; they did go about a, it was about a 30 minute match. Yep. Because I, I wrote down that the bell rang at 7:21, or sorry, no, no, 7:21. They, they that's when the segment started. They did the intros. 7:29, the bell rings, and then 7:58, that was when the three counts. So it was roughly a 30 minute match. Mm-hmm. So good on them for that. Um, I I took a different look at it. You know, where you're kind of saying that this is you're kind of expecting kind of the coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was okay with this because to me, I think it was almost where that story. You know, maybe people were expecting that story, but. In the end, you know, I mean, I think somebody said when they were running in the back, "Oh, this is like a screw job or of sorts or something." Yeah, that I didn't get. That was kind of, kind of lame. But um, I, I didn't mind the match. Actually, you know what? Overall, I didn't mind the match, and I didn't. Okay. I, I was okay with it. Uh, where my problem came in, uh, part of it with with, with Don Callis being there and whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and you and you touched on it, and to me, it was like where things went downhill for me was the microphone mm-hmm. because for the past year we've seen what a badass John Moxley is, how tough he is, how he's taken thumbtacks and tables and chairs and all mm-hmm. this stuff that's beat him down. And the microphone, the almighty microphone was the beginning of the end. Words are stronger than anyway. Sorry. I guess so. So, you know, whatever the, the V triggers, the, mm-hmm. the one way fine, but to have that come off of a microphone <laughs> and to be getting color off of a microphone, mm-hmm. I just, to me, it was like, uh, like, like that just like kind of the, the, the air out of the tires, the air out of the balloon for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then when Don came in, even before, right before they started, like when he's like trying to like usher him out, like when they're still kind of in the ringside area, yeah. I even wrote down, I'm like Omega wins. And then I said, are they going to impact? And, you know, I didn't have to wait long for that answer yeah. because they actually showed it. And I was like, oh. I was like, who, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what they do, how the crossover, like, you know, part of me is like, yeah, like, because I mean, like, I'm not even sure, like, what's like access TV? What, what do we, do we get that in Canada? We don't. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I watch it on the online on that website. Yeah. Okay. We, so we watch it online. So, yeah. so, yeah. So, you know, you know, part of the audience, maybe people that don't know, maybe a lot of us are going to miss out on that then, which, yeah. which is too bad. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, curious to see what arrangement what kind of why like why is there an arrangement between these guys you know this it makes no sense well you know maybe hey maybe this will be a step up from AEW dark for a lot of these guys if it gives if it gives guys more work or if it's an opportunity mm-hmm. like that uh i don't know invasion so 
yeah so I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm curious you know i'll give them the benefit of the doubt i'm curious to see where where things go but uh, yeah o- overall like i said the match I, I i enjoyed it i thought it was a, a solid match but uh from the they, they lost me at the microphone yeah and have you ever okay andy have you ever done that spot where you hit someone at the microphone absolutely okay uh, then you know you probably get a test to this too if you actually hit somebody hard enough with the microphone and it doesn't make that noise if you actually have a real impact it breaks the inner cord thing to get that beautiful pop noise you actually don't have to hit very hard yeah. you just have to tap it and it makes an incredibly great noise so or, or even, that, yeah even if it's in your hand where yeah. you're holding it part way so yeah. as long as you kind of get you know your hand takes it you can still make the contact yeah. and you just get the thump yeah and that's kind of the beauty of it is that you know, like you don't have to do my, but, but to have that where he got busted wide open, oh. and it still made that sound, which told you he didn't really get hit with the microphone. Yeah. It was like an so, accidental hard way or something. Yeah, and ha- yeah, so a lot of problems with this match. Elio, do you have any problems with this match? I uh, just hearing that you guys talk about the microphone spot. Yeah, that was just that part I had a problem with with the. He just goes down with one shot, and he's in the camera pants, and he's all, he's bleeding all over. Uh, the match itself, I didn't have a problem with. Uh, mm-hmm. it was, uh, all the ba- all the backstage, like uh, running out to the car afterwards. Yeah, pretty yeah. ridiculous. Um, I guess I should have asked this in the beginning. Did you guys catch the opening this week? Opening uh, a little things? bit of it. I saw a little bit of it, but. <laughs> I couldn't this remember they, why I needed to watch it. <laughs> oh, because they, they have a new one, which is actually not bad, but they didn't show you this one this week. This week, the opening was all Moxley and uh, Omega back and okay. forth, highlighting oh. who was coming up. It was a kind of a different look. So, uh, but overall, let's get into the, the ratings for this week's show, all right? And we're going to start off with Elio because he looks like he's been talking way too much and I'm tired of his voice. So let's get him on first. Uh, Elio, I'm on our report the, I'm, card. I'm giving this an, an, a C. Okay. All right. Andy? I don't know. I'm kind of waffling between a B minus and a C. And mm-hmm. uh, to go on, on the, the B minus, that's just more on the strength of the pop for Sting, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. the genuine surprise. Uh, and for like 90% of the uh, John Moxley and Omega match. Okay. So in the so, end, which one are you going to give it? Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go C plus. C plus, mm, delicious drink. Um, I'm gonna go with a C only for the fact that uh, this was supposed to be their biggest show to date, and the undercard matches were kind of lackluster to begin with, and the main event had a screwed screwy ending. You know, and I don't mean the screw job like they were talking. It just had a dumb, screwy ending. So for me, this should have been their pinnacle show because they were trying to market this as like their biggest match ever on AEW. And it came across as a a C show to me. So, yeah, we're going to have to give it two C's and a C C plus. So, folks, uh, yeah. (laughs) That was this week's AEW Dynamite. I wish... Uh, it's not going to be hard for uh, NXT to beat this week. So if they just have a normal solid show, they should be able to take back. Uh, They've won, they've won, uh, they've lost the last couple of weeks. AEW have been looking pretty strong, not great, but had a lot of potential. Today it felt like wasted potential 
and a much ado about nothing. A lot of hype for something that no one's going to remember winter's coming. And I'm pretty sure next year we'll never hear that term again. I, I hope that, and one of the things, I mean, obviously this is going in a different direction because uh, in previous episodes when we were kind of building up leading up to this and we were talking about, okay, well, Mox versus Omega is like, why is this happening so soon? And I kind of throw out the idea, well, this is more of a, a start mm-hmm. than, you know, and, and, it, and it was, I mean, while, while we were kind of looking at the direction of a, like a horseman type stable, obviously they're going in a different direction with uh, the apparent impact connection. Um you know, I, I think there's still something to be said for the show being notable in that regard um, as a starting point, not as like, oh, this was like a, a you know, pun yeah. intended dynamite show. This was our best show ever, but just as a, okay, well, this is a starting point of potentially something big. But, but doesn't it annoy you a bit that they had like promoted this? as the biggest show ever they'd said that for the last two weeks that this was going to be the biggest show ever on AE dynamite i wasn't i'm getting to the point now where uh you know it's kind of like the wise philosophers public enemy once said don't believe the hype yes and and, you know it's kind of the more you know they they go to pump up stuff and try to do things it's and it's disappointing because I, 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 I want it to succeed. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I find myself kind of being a little subconscious on a lot of these shows because, you know, I'm normally a positive person. I try to see the positive aspects of stuff. And, and watching these shows, it's, it, it's there, there's the, the points of frustration and disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, yeah. I, well, I think of it this way, Andy. Don't get yourself down because we may – look and get frustrated at the things but we also look deep enough to try and find out what would have worked what could have worked what should have worked so we're still keeping that positivity there we're not just like oh just poo pawing and being dicks about whatever is in throw in front of us we actually want this to succeed uh i wanted to tune on today's episode and see the best AEW episode ever i wanted that yeah you know i want that every week i see it um i want orange cassidy to make sense I want him, you know, I want the, I want Darby Allen to seem like a credible champion. I want these things. I may not get them. It may never happen. But the fact that we positively want it is cool. So there is hope. We see that. Sometimes they get a show where uh, they forget the pretentious bullshit and they get back to some normal wrestling and we are blown away. So who knows? So folks, we want to thank you for tuning in on this week. Uh, we had a fun time. It was really interesting. Um, we still going on in this pandemic and all I can say is watch wrestling, man. Wrestling's fun. There is some stuff in there. For all the times we've grown, we still would be watching wrestling <laughs> if we weren't doing this show because we're wrestling fans. So uh, this week, I realize I haven't said a, I haven't sent out a good previet to all my Russian friends who've been listening. Your numbers are growing, my uh, comrades. It's good to hear you. Keep watching uh, decadent American wrestling. <laughs> and uh, hey, did you know? Did you? And I, I think I mentioned this once, but uh, Ilya Dragunov is the only Russian-born WWE wrestler. Yes, ever. you <laughs> Which blew me away with so many Russians in the past. He is the first one actually have been born in Russia who's in the WWE. Pretty amazing. So, uh, folks, you know what? Have yourselves a great night. Andy, did you have fun? some fun today? 
I always have fun when we do the shows. Yeah, the shows are fun. A little yeah. funner than sometimes the episodes are. <laughs> That's true. All right. So you know what, Andy? We'll see you uh, on the coming Monday. I know we just yep. threw a can with uh, Bruce Hart. I think we have a, a thing about heels coming up. Not yep. sure. We may have some uh, big guests. We may not. But you know what? We will have some guests. Here's and we'll hoping. have some great discussion. Uh, Elio, yep. thank you as always. I'm, th- I'm glad you kept it under 40 words. Um, I think this may be the most that he's talked. I think I've heard him talk. Yeah, I he, he was he's on fire. What are you drinking? Is that like some kind of vodka cooler? Diet lemonade. Diet I know exactly lemonade. that. Lemon, President's lemon, choice. Dem- yeah. Not an official uh, sponsor of the show, but still a tasty beverage. Oh, he is hyped up on aspartame and ready to kick some ass. All right, folks. Have yourselves a great night. It was good seeing you. Elio, you right. crazy kook. Say good night. Friends, we'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>